Alaska, 1990. Hundreds of dead walruses are washing ashore on the Alaska coastline. The local Inuit and Yupik tribes say that weeks ago, they spotted Russian fighter jets shooting the walruses for target practice. When the carcasses washed on shore, the tribes harvested the tusks because, well, might as well not let them go to waste, right? But walruses are a protected species, so the U.S. government wants to know whether this story is true. And they know only one guy who can figure this out. Ken Goddard. Ken's a lab director of the only wildlife forensics lab in the United States. He solved thousands of cases, finding out what or who kills protected species. And it's his job to prove that Russians have shot these walruses. Having spent 12 years in police work, I was used to some pretty strange, horrific things. So I was perfectly willing to believe that Russian pilots were firing cannon shells at walruses floating around in the Arctic Sea. Why not? So Ken and his colleagues, Ed and Dick, flew up to Anchorage, Alaska, to perform autopsies on the dead walruses. We were pretty horrified when we landed on the next to the first one. We took one look at this 2,000-pound decomposed critter, and we moved both planes upwind. When that whole decomposition of fish and fat started breaking down, uh, the odor goes right to your brain. I'd been to some pretty bad uh, human crime scenes. I'd done more than my share of staggering out and uh, puking outside the uh, house. But um, decomposed walruses are just really a, a notch above. So the team got to work. Ken took notes and pictures of the crime scenes. Ed peeled back the skin and ran metal detectors over the body to search for cannon fragments. And Dr. Dick Stroud? Yeah, Dick Stroud was the one who did most of the cutting. And um, to us, that was the worst job because that's the, you know, when you've got a walrus like this that's baking in the sun, it's basically um, expanding under pressure. It's the skin of the walrus that's holding everything in. And it's when you cut through that stretched skin with that flensing knife for the first time that everything kind of, well, for lack of a better term, gushes out. You really got to watch out. You don't get a face full of decomposed walrus. A face full of walrus didn't even begin to phase Dick. He'd actually had grosser things on his resume. He had spent his early career on the Pribilof Islands in the hold of a big ship that was surging back and forth in open seas with 55-gallon drums full of decomposed seals. And he'd set up this little necropsy station in the hold of the ship. And he spent his days staggering back and forth, slicing these things up. I can't imagine an environment more likely to induce a projectile vomiting. So old rotting walruses? Not even a thing. More upsetting to him was the fact that his pants kept splitting open. We really should have measured Dick Stroud's rear end better because he kept, as he's down on his hands and knees, he kept splitting out the back end of his protective clothing, his butt sticking out, his exposed butt. <laughs> Ken snapped a picture of Dick's butt to go along with all the other evidence. They comb through the first walrus and they don't see anything to prove a cause of death. So they pack up to go to the next and... Start walking the planes and the pilot stopped us and said, uh-uh, you're not getting anywhere near this plane till you burn all that outer clothing. Uh, we smelled so bad. Now imagine you're near this beach and you see, with absolutely no context, these guys playing around in walrus guts and stripping off their clothes and burning them. 
that's what the locals see. They're watching us from offshore in their boats with scoped rifles and binoculars. And they probably think we're crazy people. So the locals keep following Ken around, staring at him as his team proceeds for days down the coast, slicing and using their metal detectors and splitting their pants open. And these experienced scientists are starting to feel pretty dumb. We hadn't found cannon shell one or bullet one. We're not finding anything. And it's getting frustrated because you know, we're, we're crime scene investigators. We're supposed to be solving the puzzle. And we're not. As if they don't feel stupid enough, along the way, they can't seem to even get from one place to another without screwing up. First, they crash a plane by ripping out its landing gear on a rock. And the only thing the government has to replace it is an old postal truck. And we started driving north. And here we are in an Arctic stream. And Al does the proper thing, which is to try to ford it. It was only a couple feet deep. You know, we thought we could get across. Uh. <laughs> Obviously, the truck gets stuck. Hopelessly stuck. So Ken just gets out and takes a photograph. And I would label that picture the abandonment of government property. Because that's exactly what we're doing. This is your tax dollars at work. So the team just grabs their essentials in their backpacks and heads north. And they see another carcass. That would have been a really cool walrus had it not have a, a tail that looked like a whale, which is precisely what it was. Uh, we've got several problems, one of which is we don't even know if our metal detectors work anymore because we keep looking for bullets and we're not finding anything. So we t- decide to take the proper forensic approach. I back off about 15 feet. I take out my 357 revolver and I fire a couple bullets at the whale. Actually, I fire one bullet at the whale and one in the ground. And we dug for the bullet with the metal detector in the ground, and we found it. We uh, went looking for the bullet in the whale with the metal detector, and we never found it. What this basically means is that there's something in the blubber that's been foiling their metal detectors. And through the last 20 corpses, they've just been wasting their time. To add insult to injury, there are the ever-present locals. Still offshore watching us. Except now we've gone from cutting up walruses and waiting around walrus guts to shooting bullets and whales waiting around in decomposed whale guts. Probably didn't make a whole lot of sense. But then Dr. Dick Stroud gets an idea. He decides to thinly fillet the whole next walrus they see so they don't have to rely on metal detectors. So when they get to the next corpse, a 2,500-pound monster, he starts deli-slicing it. About an hour and a half later, the knife blade goes click. He hit something metallic. We all carefully move in, peel it away. It's a bullet. We were, uh, we were screaming, we did it, we found it, a bullet, a bullet, a bullet. A bullet from a rifle, not a Russian cannon fragment. And along with that, they also find forensic evidence that the walrus heads were chopped off before they'd been thrown into the water, not after. Which meant the MIG story was nonsense and that the uh, natives were in fact lying. The amazing thing is that this walrus, and predominantly and several others, helped us solve the mystery. The natives had snuck up on the walruses on the ice floes, had shot them with their hunting rifles and National Guard rifles, uh, killing as many as they possibly could. Once they had the dead ones on the ice, they chopped the heads off, cut the tusks, and then pushed the carcasses overboard and went off with the ivory. 
The native tribes were actually allowed to kill walruses and take ivory, but only if they did not waste any part of the animal. Leaving hundreds of corpses to rot was definitely a waste. So the case is solved, but now comes the hard part. We've got one more job. We're to testify before the Walrus Commission. Yeah, the Walrus Commission, made up of chieftains of the local tribes. And this is the part Ken's really not looking forward to, because he was nervous about being this clueless white outsider and coming and telling these tribes that they were not entitled to the walruses they were killing. And plus, there were these rowdy kids causing havoc and howling at them as they pulled up to the Walrus Commission. Here's all these kids running around on ATVs and motorcycles and just acting like crazy uh, characters. But um, (laughs) we really didn't want to get them mad. But Ken came up with a plan. In order to keep the mood light, he'd make a slideshow of all the embarrassing pictures he'd taken over the past few days. Basically make fun of ourselves and get them laughing. And once we got them laughing, then I'd stop and Ed would stand up and put forth the science and they would understand. (laughs) And I'm showing some of the different things that um, we did that were, you know, in retrospect, kind of foolish or dumb. The crash plane, the crash truck, and... Nobody laughs. Dead silence. I worked my way through about two-thirds of the story, finally get to, getting to the, the picture uh, where Dick Stroud's rear end, you know, his butt sticking out, and one of the old men started chuckling. And as soon as he did, everybody else started laughing. I immediately stopped my presentation. Ed got up, made his presentation. They all listened quietly. The main guy got up and he said, we knew this all along. We just wanted to know if you white guys knew. He said, you know, I, I really hate for you white men to see this. He said, what you're seeing is the de- destruction of our culture. You know, these ATVs, these motorcycles, the kids aren't learning. Our way of life is coming to an end. They said, we'll take care of it. And for at least a few years, they did. Although, as I understand it now, uh, headless walls are starting to wash ashore along the Alaska coastline again. Big thanks to Ken Goddard. If you want to see for yourself, in all its nasty detail, Ken's full presentation, it'll be on our site, snapjudgment.org. That piece was produced by Stephanie Fu. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.